Bianca. Hi, Miss Ellie. This is Atomic Moms. Holla. Holla. Oh, listeners, subscribe on iTunes so you can get all of our episodes. Yeah. Because they only show the most recent 20. (sighs) Unless you subscribe. Right, because I get it on Podcast Addict on my Android phone, which I'm about to freaking throw in the toilet. I so hate- there'll be a sponsor soon. <laughs> well, I just said Android. I didn't say the specific type of phone that I had. So gotcha. we, we can't get sued. Um, don't worry, Ellie. I'm not, I, I want money, though. I mean, I'm not worried about getting sued. I just want sponsors. But Podcast Addict can can sponsor us if they want, because I, they do show all of the episodes yeah. on there. All of them? Mm-hmm. All the way from the beginning? Yeah. However you get us, we'll take it. Uh, Today on Atomic Moms, we have Brett Benner. He is the father of two beautiful children, Maddie and Ryan. He is an Emmy-nominated casting director. Uh, You might know him from the shows The Drew Carey Show, Scrubs, One Tree Hill, Last Man Standing, Cougar Town, and... Undateable. Undateable. Yeah. You wouldn't actually know him, but you would know very his well work. of his work. He is the man. You would know his name on the screen. Yes. He is the man that um, we go in and we, our knees are a knocking because we're so nervous to do our best. He could have a say in whether or not we get the job. And he is an amazing father. Yeah. And he is also an incredible writer. I came across... Uh, a blog he wrote for Time called The Gay Marriage Victory is a Reminder of the Importance of Names. And so he's going to be on our show talking about marrying his longtime partner and about the U.S. Supreme Court's decision that made it possible for him to get married. I'm very excited. I'm very excited to have a fellow from the workplace in on our show. We, we've gotten a couple good people from work and we've got to get some more. We've got to get Randall on. Randall, oh, he's Randall gonna... Winston is one of our executive producers and just, I mean, one of the funniest guys I know. I was just in a meeting the other day and was talking about Undateable and uh, the people I was meeting with like didn't want to talk about Bill Lawrence, didn't want to talk about Chris D'Elia. They wanted to talk about Randall Winston. Oh, he is a party animal. He's a party. So is Brett. Yeah, it'll be good to talk to him. What's up with you? What's going on? I'll tell you what's up with me. I just got my hormones tested. Oh. Because I've been so exhausted. Right. And I thought maybe it's a hormonal issue. Turns out it's not hormones. My hormones are great. And also I'm very fertile. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But the issue is so Hollywood that I don't know if I should share it. No, you have to. Absolutely. What is it? I have, not only do I have candida, which is yeast overgrowth, but I have dangerously high levels of mercury. (gasps) Too much fish. I have like the Jeremy Piven disease. Oh my gosh. You know when he dropped out of the Broadway show? Yes. Yeah. That's what I got going on. So do you you have to eat less fish? So no fish, which is funny because I went to Bianca's doctor who told me I could only eat fish, which is probably why I have mercury poisoning. (laughs) I mean, I'm not totally blaming you, but I'm totally blaming you. Well, there are there are fish that you can eat that are really low in mercury. I didn't, you know, I didn't I don't eat that much fish. It must be from a tuna salad I would have like once a week. Yeah, tuna is very high. But they also say that the yeast attracts the mercury. And so that, so I'm more susceptible to holding on to the mercury. So we'll figure all that jazz out. So do you feel better? So have, you, have you changed the way you're eating already? I'm taking a bunch of herbal pills and I've changed the way I'm eating a bit. 
And then there's some crazy detoxification that I'm supposed to do, but it seems super intense. For the candida? Avoiding it. for Yeah, for, for both. both. Um, but I could not believe. I mean, really, candida and mercury. I mean, is that not the most L.A. thing you've ever heard? They both <laughs> sound made up. But guys, heavy metals are a serious problem. But but Ellie, it's really crazy because in our Jill Willard episode, our in, our friendly intuitive who came on the show, she Remember, said everybody should listen to that episode. She's done goop and a bunch of stuff, and she said she mentioned yeast, and I made all the cracks about how I don't have a yeast infection. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do. It just happens to be in my gut. I want to ask you a question really quick about yeah. Sabrina. Does Sabrina watch a lot of videos? No. Because Magnolia, I just started showing her uh, Minnie's Boutique on What's YouTube. That? It's like a Minnie Mouse little oh, cartoon. They're, little they're, they're like, boutique? Yeah, they're like yeah. three minutes long and they're perfect because like when, you know, when I'm really in a pickle and I need like something yeah. to kind of get her to sit there for two minutes longer or whatever. Um, but she's obsessed with it. And now she's starting to ask for it. And I, I have like this crazy guilt feeling of that I'm now introducing her into two so i i don't know like if i have to put a kibosh on (laughs) she asks for it and that's it's like i'm this is too soon to be to be and and by the way also very like crazy about it also it's scary to me how when i turn it on yeah it's like complete zombie zone out for sure that's why i had to stop the movie stuff because i thought you know 30 minutes of Winnie the Pooh is okay, but the entire time she's so locked in. She's And locked. it's like, I got it. We got to keep a time limit on this. Yeah. So does she cry like when you turn it off? I'll say, I'll give her the heads up. I'll yeah. do the Janet Lansbury heads up. I love it. Janet Lansbury would be so opposed to screen time, but I do the Janet Lansbury method of saying, okay, in a few minutes we're going to say goodbye to Pooh. <laughs> and then she'll go, She'll she pretends to be Winnie the Pooh and she does a British accent and she goes, oh, bother. <laughs> I forgot that Winnie the Pooh had an accent. Oh bother! Oh bother! She's gonna be an actress. Oh, that little she's one. A mess. I'm trying not to project that on her, but <laughs> she does all of them. She does Eeyore. She's obsessed with all of them. Rabbit, and you know, I love the way the Winnie the Pooh characters look. Yeah, but they're all a mess. <laughs> And there's a lot of codependency. <laughs> it's not very oh look healthy. We could we could do a whole episode diving into I know, the uh, Piglet ended up having to give up mental his house instability for Owl. of cartoon characters. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, yeah. So that's my that's my my struggle this week is just trying to figure out like how to limit how to still have the tool that I need like in the in a pinch, but right. how to not have her be like you know obsessively watching and whenever and, Ooh, that's I mean tricky you know like she's the majority of the time she is at the park she is yeah. we, we've got her playing pretend oh my god the pretend play is getting crazy and it's so and awesome isn't it crazy it's nuts it's, it's like really fun. this whole world is awakening within her and she just does all these funny pretend things is um, she animals yet or is that she's not animals as- yet she's just started where she's like interacting with her dolls and it's hilarious to watch I mean it's just I could sit and watch that all day She's like talking to them and feeding them food. Oh, yeah. Sabrina's really into cooking. She put her Christopher Robin doll in her play microwave, (laughs) which is part of her kitchen set. I know that you're opposed to microwaves, Bianca. It's already a part of her vintage kitchen set. So, although, yeah, maybe. (laughs) I don't know. Whatever. Okay, let's get on with this episode. Brett Benner is going to be in the hot seat. We'll be right back. Let's go.
have Brett Benner across from us. Hello. Hello. So Hello. excited to have you here and thank you. And it's so Thanks fun to see me. you outside of the, uh, I know. the casting offices I and know. on set. It's nice to be here. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's kick it off with the incredible piece that you wrote for Time. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be totally obnoxious. We're going to ask Brett to read it for you guys. Mostly because we're both actresses and we really want an Emmy-nominated casting director to do a line <laughs> reading for us. <laughs> but when I read this piece, I was, I was so blown away by it because it made me really angry. It made me really appreciate my family like you hit so many different notes in it and and it also reminded me of my own my mom she had a her maiden name so there were issues when I was traveling Mm. with her and Mm -hmm. like that sort of the attachment that comes with a name Mm -hmm. and and so if you'd please read this for us our listeners will have some clue what I'm rambling on about sure sure okay June 26th will go down in the history books as the day that the U.S. Supreme Court afforded gays and lesbians the right to get legally married in all 50 states. As a gay man, it's hard not to be struck by the magnitude of this. My husband Chip and I were married in California shortly after Prop 8 was struck down as unconstitutional. When we first got together, we never considered getting married. It was something straight people and Disney princesses did. This was 20 years ago when the only married gay men I had heard of were the ones who had divorced their wives. But somewhere around year 10, the term boyfriend graduated to partner as we furnished a house with pictures of a younger us, and we started to feel an insistent itch that quickly turned into babyitis. Even before marriage was an option, we decided to create a family. As a gay couple, we faced a question that many new parents with different last names face. How do we name our children? We made the decision not to hyphenate our last names like our other friends had. Instead, we chose my last name as our two children's middle name and my husband's as their last. Now we were a family, in the eyes of most, but certainly not all. One of the trickiest parts of being a family had been traveling together. In the summer of 2012, we were coming back from a vacation we take every other year in Canada. The four of us were in Toronto, waiting to go through customs to enter the U.S. Our declaration form had been filled out per the instructions. It said one per household. Chip had the two kids with him at the customs officer's kiosk, and I came up behind, struggling with the bags. When I went to hand the agent my passport, he looked at Chip and said, Who is this? Even after Chip replied to say we were together, the customs agent insisted that I fill out a separate declaration form. He told me, Your state might recognize you, but your federal government doesn't. Go back to the end of the line. As I walked back to the line, I felt my face get hot as a flush moved up from my shirt collar. My son began to ask what was happening. When I finally reached them, Chip told me to take the kids through the security checkpoint, and he'd be right behind. The next agent looked at my passports and then my kids and questioned if they were mine because we didn't share the same last name. He then had me go through extra screening. The whole situation was absurd. We were furious. I was an American citizen being treated this way by another American citizen. It confirmed for me some deep fear I had of what someone else could think of us and the names he was attaching to us in his mind. Had our last names been hyphenated, would there have been a different outcome? I don't think so. People say that change happens slowly, and yet we've seen unbelievable leaps and bounds in regards to marriage equality in the last seven years. My hope, based on the ruling, is a cautiously optimistic one. It's no longer gay marriage or traditional marriage, but simply marriage. When marriage became legal in California, my not yet husband became simply my husband. We married for two reasons. One, we'd been together nearly 20 years and thought it was time to not only validate our union, but to celebrate it in front of a group of people we loved. 
And two, more important, we wanted to do it for our children. I imagine they will grow up and look back and think how silly it was that at one time gay people couldn't get married. Father, mother, son, daughter, husband, wife. These are the names that ground us. They identify us. They have purpose and meaning, and they evoke commitment, duty, and love. And on June 26, love one. Yes! (laughs) So beautiful. I totally cried when I read that last little paragraph. Um, you did because it did yes because it's so beautiful and it's so true it's the it's these and you think uh, and you look at those words all of us are one of those things and you know and and we are all connected by that these these words that hold such important meaning they they identify us in a way that connect us and how we Mm. belong to each other and everybody is one of those things and everybody deserves to be celebrated as one of those things. And when you say, well, you can be this thing, but you can't be that thing. Right. You know, it just, it was such a beautiful unifying statement. And I think just such an, ugh, an incredible way to celebrate what had just happened and what that date meant to you. So bravo to that. That was beautifully written. And so, thank you. Yes, gorgeous. gorgeous. And and we're so excited to have you on just you. to talk about that, but also just to talk about, I mean, we've, we've, had some papas but not enough and we haven't had a gay papa on yet wow. so you're our first i'm your first <laughs> crazy <laughs> atomic mom and papa yeah Moms and papa. when you got married how did your two children participate um you know they were in the wedding it's funny because we had friends of ours who had done it before us and we didn't we really didn't want anything huge and even having kids, it was never a question for us of saying, well, we didn't want to make a statement. It wasn't political. We just wanted kids. And so funny because I remember one friend saying to us, well, you know, it's so important that your kids see you get married. And our reaction was, well, yeah, but I didn't see my parents get married. I know not most anyone doesn't see their parents to have that. And most kids see their parents get divorced. Yeah, well, right. But it was a cool, so it was, it was kind of cool in that respect for an opportunity to have them to be in it and really what they did was it was just simple we came out all together they stood up with us and we did it in Palm Springs and it was very small but then my son spoke and he had a little something that he wrote with actually the head of our school who officiated the marriage so that was kind of cool so it was very simple I don't even know in some ways if they completely completely grasped the whole thing I mean I'm sure I saw some pictures on Instagram it wasn't totally simple like it looked like it was pretty spectacularly gorgeous. Well, it was it was, it was pretty, but it yeah. wasn't. You know, there were no doves. There were no, <laughs> you know, there was nothing like that. There was no, you know, any bizarre. We didn't ride in a lion or something like that. Yeah, no. I had an owl at my wedding. Oh, you did? <laughs> that was pretty spectacular. But ours was a very ours was a very simple beach wedding, yeah. and uh, and my my I don't know if I've talked about this yet, but my papa who passed away uh, just over five years ago, he. Um, he arrives as an owl in different forms um, for all of us. And so my mom surprised us and there was a falconer with a live owl at our wedding. So yeah, it was awesome. Now wait, is your papa your father or your grandfather? My father, my father. Yeah, Yeah, because it's interesting because, you know, uh, as a gay couple, you're you're limited. I know by what you're going to get called because so I'm always interested to hear People what are that, the options? Well, yeah. Papa, Daddy, but then you have like Dada, which I think would be weird if you're, you know. Are you guys called different things? I'm Papa. Yeah. And Chip is Daddy. 
Oh my gosh. But How did you guys choose those? It really wasn't. I, I don't think we really, I was just kind of like, whatever. At first I thought, you know, all I, Papa to me was like, Barbara Streisand, like, Papa, can you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> and that's all I was like, I'm not Jewish. But, uh, I, th- but after that, we just kind of settled very quickly. We really didn't get into like a big debate. I was fine because, you know, I knew like one day they were just going to call me asshole anyway. I can't <laughs> say that. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that eventually be. So, you know what I mean? When did you guys decide to adopt and what was that process like? What year well, was we it? We didn't adopt. We were a surrogate. So we did not adopt. Um, I guess you could say the other adopted the other child that biologically wasn't theirs, but we, we did a surrogacy. So, and that was its own kind of like, you know, now it's very commonplace and and it's still you know even then it was coming along but uh we were a little blind to the whole we just kind of like went in and did it and um, how did you find the mother well there's a company in los angeles called growing generations and it works it's primarily it was originally set up to help same-sex couples be paired up with a um surrogate and with an egg donor and they kind of did a lot of the process for you. And at that time, it was like just starting with computers. Like you go on and pick, like you're looking at egg donors. You know what I mean? And Like you're casting. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. And you'd come home and I'd be like, I'd say to Chip, like, this girl's great. And she's a model and she's beautiful. And he's like, she never went to college. <laughs> she's SAG so, eligible. Yeah. So yes, exactly. So we'd have to, you'd have all these debates. And then we ended up, um, you start to narrow it down. And uh, were you like, this is my type of woman? And like, he's like, no, this is well, more sometimes my like type we knew what, what we knew is because we uh, our approach to it was like, we're a gay couple starting this family, and it was going to be a big deal for both of our parents. So we had to kind of think a little inside the box. We were like, we're not going to go out and pick a different race child or something like that. So we thought this is what was comfortable for us at the time, and so. That's how it started, but it was, an, it was a crazy process. And then we got pregnant right away, which was absurd that that even happened like that And uh, with Ryan. and But he was born prematurely. And uh, again, it was our yeah. first, so we had no idea, but he was born six weeks early, so he was in wow. an incubator. And we had, he was born in Oxnard, so we would alternate days that we would drive up oh there. And gosh. he was this, like, as big as from my wrist to my elbow. And, like, he wasn't even fully formed yet because he was born at, like, 32 weeks. So it was crazy. And then by the time we had our daughter, it was so easy in that regard because she was like a rock star and so strong. And had it been reversed, I think it would have been a bigger deal. But because we started with a kid, I guess it's like people have twins first and then have a singleton. Like, yeah. then that's fine. I think people that have a single and then go to twins, like, I would, my head would explode. You know what I mean? Because you're so useless and suddenly it's like. And what are, what are their ages? Um, my son, he'll be 12 in about four weeks and she's eight so yeah and did you use the same mother for both we couldn't kids? use the same we won't we would have used the same surrogate we had a great relationship with our surrogate and still talk to her regularly and she's so cool and um but she had preeclampsia and so they recommended against it and i don't know she really she she had a really cool kind of she wanted to help a gay couple and that was her thing and um, so we had a different surrogate. We wanted to use the same egg donor, but the girl that we'd used the first time, she was getting married, and she was like, I, "I'm, I'm saving up my eggs." <laughs> yeah. So, and that made sense. And so, but but the company that we worked with, the egg donation company, found us a very similar um, girl. And it's funny because we're asked a lot if they're twins, but oh wow, yeah, isn't that strange? But they're so not genetically. Are they? They're half siblings. 
or they're not siblings each, at all like genetically each. we each yeah but you'll hear stories about this is so like bizarre science sometimes people uh, gay couples they'll I, I don't know the science of people saying, well, we mix the sperm. I don't know if that's true because the pH levels, I think, would be different. Oh. But I think what they do is they uh, fertilize the eggs, and then you put the fertilized eggs in. But what we did was we knew my family had already had, my parents had already had grandkids. So it was, I think, more important for Chip's family to, like, start that way. So we were, it was fine. We were just like, okay, you'll start, and then I'll, I'll go next. And we had fertilized eggs that were mine that would have made the kids biologically connected but the first time it didn't take when we did it the second time so that's when we had to go out and look but uh yeah so it was a kind of amazing process and then we got to see two different births because ryan was a c-section because he had to be because he was so small and then maddie was vaginal and so it, we got to be in it oh, for wow. both of those and so it was cr- it was you know, amazing and you obviously are very open with them about the whole process. Do they ask questions about it? What's- They've not asked. It's funny because, again, like boys, girls, Ryan's not asked a lot. He, he, knows, he knows what we've always taken the stance of is whatever questions are asked in the family, we'll answer that question to a point and to the best of it. We'll just answer that particular question. If they expound, then we'll expound a little bit more. Because I also, we've always like, well, I don't know how much they can process. And like, we tried to explain this to him once and, you know, I could see his mind kind of working and he's a really smart kid. And then he was just like, can we just read now? So, (laughs) and with her, she asks so many questions, like so many questions all the time. It's, it's almost incessant and it's about everything. And like, that's again, the difference between, I find boys and girls. And like, you know, I think I told you, I got into this huge thing with her few weeks ago about how women could die in childbirth because she was asking based on a book we were reading and it turned into like (laughs) babies coming out of the woman's vagina and I thought her head was going to explode and she was (laughs) like like, I'm never going to have a baby and it's how they're going to come out of there it's so little and she was completely freaked out so which is she hasn't even had her period yet (laughs) oh my god no and it's also you know that's the one side about like same-sex parenting that can be the challenge is because you know you can't (laughs) you'd kill me but I remember one night early on chip like i walked upstairs and he said something like you know he's running off like a litany of things and he's like and and maddie says her vagina is itching so could you go check that out and i was like <laughs> so i like lay her down and i just remember like oh my god oh my god oh my god yeah so oh my yeah. baby's first yeast infection that's like yeah that was exactly it i was exactly as i'm sitting there with a the warm cloth and i was like okay oh. we're just gonna do this and you know i'm like talking to her like i'm saying you know we're gonna watch a movie yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> You know. What do you so? What do you do for instances like that where you just don't know? I mean, do you go to your family? You know, there hasn't been a lot. Or- honestly, there hasn't been a lot of that yet. There hasn't been. I mean, you know, the the period will be. Hopefully, she'll get it in school. No, I mean, no, that'll be a, that'll be an issue. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the nurse will deal with that. Right, on. right. Because I've already been like, I have no idea what's happening to you. You're probably dying. Uh, oh my God, so, you're hemorrhaging. Right. So I, yeah, there hasn't been a lot of those things come up yet. The bigger thing for me in regards to, to girls, and I feel like it's because just the emotional life of a girl is so much different. And just so hard. what wakes up and then what goes to bed and like, how do you deal with like, <laughs> All, and that's the hardest thing. And I, that's a very kind way to put it. And even watching what wakes girls up versus what goes to bed. Yeah, watching them like on playdates and like watching, you know, watching them this weekend. The girls on a playdate, two girls together, and how they interact, and like all of it. The fact that you all have to go 
together to the bathroom at every public restroom. Like, <laughs> it's the funniest thing to me. Like, <laughs> and she's insane. like eight years old. No one taught them. And like these two, you know, the other yeah. night we were with a couple from the school and it's a straight couple and the girls were going to have a sleepover, but we all went out to dinner together in Palm Springs and the two, three times, like, I was like, what's with the bladders? Like three times the girls get up and I'm like, you're not powdering your faces. Like, <laughs> so that's, that's been the one adjustment. And just knowing that it's like hard because neither one of us were never a girl or, you know, have a woman around to just be like, you would love to look at, that's my thing sometimes. Like, I'd love to be able to turn just to say, can you deal with this? Cause I have no idea what's happening right now. Right. And it's not always, but I'm sure that many women feel that with their boys too. Mm-hmm. And their girls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's why you, you have cute sitters all the time, don't you? I feel right. like you've got cute sitters that can teach them all the so terrible things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They'll have that covered. She'll have that covered. No, but Maddie, and it's kind of what we were talking about, like the bullying thing and the girls, it's zeroed in so fast at such a young age with girls. And that's been a challenge. And to talk her off the ledge a lot when she'll come home and like, this one won't play with me and I'm playing with this girl and there's a rule that we can't play with any other girls and if we don't, you're kicked out of the club. And like, this oh, was it's, in seventh it's, it's grade. It's horrible. I seven mean, years I, old. I remember in third grade, I old. had two best friends and it was a constant war because there was always someone left out. Well, you and can't do the triangle. No, you I can't. Mean, you can mm. never have a three kids you're sleepover. Right. You can't. There's always going to be the outsider. Well, no one told me that. It was usually that. me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I can I see was, that. I was extremely popular. No. And, until sixth grade. Fifth grade was my, that was my year. <laughs> oh my God. Then it went, I went off the deep end because I went to a private school in the suburbs for middle school. First week of school, I guess I looked cute enough to be invited into the cool kid crew. And then after the first week, I had my little tray of lunch and I went to sit down at the table and they said there were no more seats at the cool kid table. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, I was never invited. So (laughs) I was like the weird, I I, I never fit in any group all the way. Like I just kind of wanted to be in the popular kids group and it wasn't quite cool enough to be there. And then the kind of nerdy girls were suspicious of why I wanted to be in their group. And it really was because I, couldn't work my way into the popular girls group. Yeah, but let me ask you this. But did you guys ever talk to your parents about it? Um, gosh, you know what? I don't... I talked to my stepmom about it. Because it was so hurtful. Because I felt so isolated. And it was so damaging to my soul. These kids were such bullies. Yeah, I'm sure I did. Because I, I had a very open relationship with my mom. We talked about a lot of stuff. You know what's funny, though? I was just talking about this with our nanny because uh we're both really hairy girls and uh and i was noticing her she has hairy arms as i do and uh i said oh were your legs really hairy and she said yeah and i my parents were really strict i wasn't allowed to shave and i was like oh my god neither was i and um it was horrible because i went to a private school and we wore uniforms and i had I mean, I'm Italian and Slovak. i had the world's hairiest legs <laughs> and i'll never forget um some guy in my class in like seventh grade said, um, yeah, I ran into a friend of mine. He said, I, uh, I, I saw that girl, Bianca, from your class. And he goes, how'd you know? And he goes, because he said he could see the stumps on your legs. <laughs> and I was horrified. And you know what's so funny is my mom was like relentless in that she had this idea of um, right before my eighth grade graduation is when I would shave. Because she had this memory of how she did it when she was 
in eighth grade and she remembered putting on um, pantyhose and makeup and feeling so grown up. So she, in a positive way, wanted me to have that experience. But my mom was not a hairy person. So she didn't realize how horrible this was. And I will never forget, I sat down with my dad. It was right before my 13th birthday and he made me a a mug of bouillon soup with an egg in it. And I cried to him about how mean the kids were to me. And sure enough, they let me shave on my 13th birthday, but they videotaped it. No. And somewhere on my 13th birthday, I was allowed to shave my legs, but it was horrifying. I mean, people were... They're so mean. Mean. Your yes. parents wouldn't today have posted that on Facebook. It would have been up immediately. Oh, oh 100%. Yeah. We should find it. Bianca's mom, please post. <laughs> oh, you're right. Be, you're... She will, by the way. Oh. You you just watch. No, fifth grade, I had to start shaving my armpits, and my mom did not want to let me. But I was it, like in the dance troupe and everything, and you can't raise your arms. No. no. I mean, it's I had to shave, but she didn't want to, so she gave me some dull razor eventually. I, and she, right. oh, she made you pluck it. My mom hepatitis. said you could, I could epilate it. <laughs> if you want to, you can epilate it. So you can cause horrific pain, assault upon yourself, but you I can't did have a really horrific near experience in college that we won't go into. Oh my God. <laughs> I didn't want to know. Oh my god! See all the like fun things you have to look forward to. No, I know, and she's got quite a unibrow. Yes, no, this is a yeah. unibrow is my specialty. Oh, I should send her to you. And I haven't. It's funny because I have a friend at a school at mom, and no, she's like, to "I'm going to take care to of it." it. She's like, "I'll so take bad. care." I mean, I mean, yeah, she'll take should, her wherever. Yeah. yeah. Because it's, she goes, "You can't do it yet," but every time it's like hot, like today, you know, I'm going to, and there's one like drop that's <laughs> hanging, like it's perilously, like it looks like. I know because you, know, you don't want your kids. That's no. going to be very difficult to like not pick at these things that brought me so much trauma like getting made fun of for my unibrow and everything yeah. else like because you want to save your kids but you also don't want to make them self-conscious and you don't want them to feel like it's important because who cares yeah shave when you're young because when you're older you won't bother anymore That's well now and now there's the laser so they don't even have to go through the horrific my little sister has laser everyone's like what she's never been made fun of you she's haven't lasered laser. have you no, you still get waxed. I lasered my bikini line seven years ago, and it came. It comes back. How many times did you laser it? The full set. It oh, okay. Away, and then just now make, it's coming. Just back. making sure you went the full. The full All ride. seven times, or whatever. It's torture. <laughs> seven times. You have to go back seven times. I think I did. Yeah, I it's have a lot. Very dark hair. The carpet doesn't match the drapes, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's it. What is that's it? That's it. Yes, yeah, that's it. <laughs> You could reverse it and send the drapes to match the carpet. We got it. We We got got it. it. Got it. Good. Okay, wait. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we have so many more questions for Fred Benner. So for all our listeners, my dog Riggs is walking around. I hesitate to mention it because a commenter once called me out for... (laughs) talking about your dog about how my dog was walking around but it is very aggravating and you may or may not hear it and it's fine (laughs) so no one needs to write another comment about how I talked about it although he he does walk sideways (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah this is the dog that can walk so he kind of lopes sideways he does he thinks he's on a boat (laughs) he's drunk he hasn't oh my god okay so we're in the back to school mindset Yes. Yeah. Brett, let's yeah. talk to us. Back to school. We also want to talk about getting into schools and the anxiety that that 
produces like the acid reflux I'm already feeling about preschool and kindergarten oh, wow. and elementary Wait, school. Wait, so you have to start hardcore and, this year, don't you? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're going to be on this crazy journey. We're just beginning it. You're in the thick of it. I'm in the next phase, schools. secondary school. So um, yeah, it's it's it's... And it's funny because I had to be at the school this morning. My kids are starting so late. They're like the last school to go to school. So they start tomorrow. But, oh, my God. So we had to hold this whole sixth grade meeting where they were discussing, like, what's going to happen through the entire year beyond, like, you know, because kids can't just graduate in 12th grade. Now you have to graduate, like, from kindergarten. And then you have to graduate from sixth grade. And then you have to graduate, you know. I was like, there are going to be more mortarboards for toddlers. Yeah. But um, anyway, so... They have this whole yeah. We graduated from mommy and me. By the way, yeah, we did know, do that. You did? Yeah, we had the, they had little hats. Right, oh my and God. everybody wins. Um, everybody wins. Everyone's a winner. So yeah. Tell so us we're, how you really feel about it. I that. know. I, it drives me crazy, honestly, because I feel like we're raising a bunch of wimps. In my personal opinion. No, that's what we want. <laughs> no, no, I really do. I really do. We're going to dig no, a little I hole here. I just feel like we're raising. I feel like we're just because I feel that. We're not preparing. In a lot of ways, kids aren't prepared for what they're about to get when they get out of school and hit life. And that they're not always going to, you know, they're not always going to get the part and they're not always going to get the, you know, job that they want and all that. And Well, the problem is, is that we just over, we're just overcompensating in every direction. And it's like, we'll go to one extreme and then some group comes forward and says, no, you can't do that. Right. And so everyone goes all the way to the other side of the ship and... Instead of just letting everything kind of be as it is, I no one's like, been allowed to fail, so they freak out. Yeah. Which is probably why, like this for that, this secondary school thing is insane because we have a large class, and um, you know you're applying to schools. We where we live, we don't have the greatest option for a public school, so we're continuing on private education, but you're all kind of applying to the same places because unless you're willing to move, no one in LA wants to drive 45 minutes to put their kid in school. It's not, and for me, it's not even a question of like, okay, I can drop my kids off 45 minutes and then go over the hill to work after they've left them on the West side. But then what happens when I get a call that says your kid is sick and you can pick them up in the next half hour and you're like, womp, womp, womp. Um, Cause you know, we only have a nanny that comes in the afternoon to pick the kids up. So, but the things that these 11 and 12 year olds have to go through, it's insane. Like you have to, you know, you have to apply to the school. All of these schools have essays that they have to do. And some of them are as easy as what's what's something that's challenging for you in school. Then there's, you know, tell about a great memory you have of your family. These kind of things. But for 11-year-olds to kind of be voicing this, then they have to be interviewed. Then you have to be interviewed. Then you tour the school. And then you're paying the money for to apply to the school. It's just, it's insane. And so I literally have a, calendar at home that everything's charted out I have a notebook where I have slots for every school that we're like where we are at which with every point in every school then you have to get recommendations from their math and English teachers as well as the head of school has to write a recommendation it's, and they're writing the recommendations for everyone in their class yes so and how do you yes how do you how do you stand well, out I, I'll tell you how you stand out you get married and you have the head of the school be the officiant as right. you did. Right, right, right. That's the key. <laughs> yes, if we were staying. But we have to, yeah, but oh, you wait, have to but continue on. Could, hopefully the person yeah, who wrote a good hope, recommendation you know, for where you're hope, going. But, but when these kids get into these interviews by themselves and there's no way. So I've literally proposed that maybe we bring in, I, that I would call some actors to come in 
and do an evening with these kids because they have to get used to talking to strangers <gasps> who pose as admissions directors, you know, not really admissions directors, but say like, hi, I'm I Ellie and that. Bianca. And uh, so tell me about yourself. So these kids get comfortable that's a great idea. Is that, by the way, is this just an LA thing and New York no, thing, no. or is it over it's all the entire schools. country? All private. It happened, and then they have to take this test. You know, you have SATs. That's a great idea. They have what's called the ISEEs, the Independent School Entrance Exam, which they have to take. So he's already getting tutored for that because he has to do that before January, because then those test results go to the school, and that's a big component. So it's like stress upon stress, not to mention all these kids have been together. Like my son's been at school for 10 years, and he's been with these kids, and they're all gonna be like split apart. It seems so young to have it to does. deal with that. Like He's already having anxiety. Year and there... Everybody gets the envelope senior year of where right. they're going to school and then sort of the competition of like, where'd you get in? And to think that yeah. they're doing it at this age instead, you're just, yeah. Is there a part of you that thinks like, oh, fuck it, we'll just, it's just going to go to public school? Like, I mean, is there, is it? Yes and no. It seems, it seems crazy to me, specifically considering the fact that I nothing that I learned in high school or college ha, has Any prepared me right. for my career that I chose, which obviously is very different, and I understand that. And, and some people really want to go and, ha- but like, it does seem crazy. It says the people that I know that are making the most money, most of them did not even go to college. Right. No, I I don't disagree with you on that terms. I would not want to put my kid in some of, I. I in my humble opinion. <laughs> There's just some schools I wouldn't want to put my particular kid in a public school. I yeah. don't think he would thrive there. Uh, I think the size would overwhelm him. He's a kid that relates more to adults than to yeah. his peers. And so that, that it would be hard. My kid would suffer in public school. Especially because of where he's come from so far already. Like yeah, it's been, he's just used to, like he's used to a small it's environment. Temperament. It is. She, yeah. my like daughter he's could. He's a gentle spirit. He like is. He goes, doesn't he go to space camp? Yeah, he's like, like he's a, he, like, we always say he's like a 70-year-old Jewish man trapped in the body of a 10-year-old <laughs> wasp, you know what I mean? But he's very old soul, and he's very, I mean, it was, we were at dinner the other night. And there he was, are some rough schools in LA. There are. Like, he's sitting there talking to these friends, the the parents of the girl that were at dinner with the other night with my daughter. And so they have a house in La Quinta, and we were talking about Palm Springs, and and he looks at them and he says, are house when you get up in the morning the way the sun is on the mountainside and the dad like looked at me he's like wow you're quite an old soul there aren't you and it was so you know but my daughter would thrive much better in that environment you know she would probably be like in the back of a car on hollywood boulevard with like you know (laughs) she'll be homecoming queen yeah, yeah, no, she will. She's that girl. She got in the car the other day, and this is such a sidetrack, but like, again, to give you just an indication, she's with her girlfriend, and she says, I'm, we're coming back from the movies. And she's like, we're going to play Sweet and Sour. And I said, what is Sweet and Sour? She said, well, we roll down the windows, and we yell out at people, and if they um, wave back, they're sweet, and if not, they're sour. So I'm like, I'm going to humor this. And I was like, <laughs> okay. So she rolls down the window, and we pull up. We're outside of the Grove, and this truck pulls up next to us. And she looks out. I, I can't even see the driver. Right? I'm just. And she says, "Hey, Brochacho, what's up?" And I, I literally like, I almost, I, I was like, put up the window, put up, put up the window, put up the window. And she's like, what? And I was like, you don't understand. That could be. That's so offensive. And that's please, please. Yeah. Oh my God, Brett. I want to warn you. I know. I know where this goes. 
Uh, I was this child, and uh, it gets it gets really risky. I'm so embarrassed to even admit this because I was a terrible child. But we would do terrible things and yell at people, and then we then we would start to go when we had our driver's license and egg people on the streets. And you would egg people, wow. yeah, we egged people. Uh, wow. Listen, I'm glad I know this. this yeah. Good. Oh, it's it's terrible. And then um, we got our just desserts. <clears throat> what is just because desserts? we were at a drive-through? Oh, because there's a place called Just Desserts. That has In like Palm Springs. board games and things. Anyway. Oh, no. Just as, just. <laughs> Go on. Just desserts is when you get what's coming. Okay, good. So we yelled at somebody. Um, there was, we thought, a little boy riding around his bike uh, at a drive near a drive through, and we yelled obscenities at him, and we went through the drive through, and then we parked the car like idiots to eat our food. And in the rearview mirror, I see this long black car pull up and wedge us into where we're parked. And these two, not boys, very large girls get out and corner us in our car and threaten to beat the shit out of us. And that pretty much wrapped up that. Because they knew the person that you had been yelling at? They, one of them was the person. person. Oh. <laughs> yes. And we were idiots and we were fearless and we thought like, you know, nothing bad could come of it. And lucky. But this was like your version of online commenting. Totally. So you were yeah. doing in-person online commenting yeah, and then but you got called out. That's yeah. how you did it then. But by the way, I was. Yeah, that's how you did it then. <laughs> Back in the day. That's how you did the online yeah. commenting. Yeah. And by the way, I got the repercussions of it and never did it again right. because these people threatened to beat the shit out of us. And then when they saw how scared we were, they laughed in our faces. Which was the worst. Which was the worst. And that was it. That was the end of our yelling at people outside of the car. Did you pull so. yourself a little bit? I, I might have peed. Yeah, I would have. Definitely. Like the nervous fart. <laughs> right. <laughs> what? Allie. <laughs> so our my yeah, I never, attractive co I was, And I, I guess I was always just too good. Like I never did anything like that. I mean, you, you know what we did? We would prank call. Like we would do that Yes, thing. we did that too. Which, by the way, that's the other thing that they started doing one night is prank texting. How like, can they do prank that? Text. Texting. But How you have you... the number. No, but prank texting, like I guess they went into the other mom's phone and like oh, texted. No. texted oh, the, from somebody else's. Friends, friends, yeah, and their or friends. Like the or, yeah, it was just friends. like, hey, what's up? And like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because I wonder about that. How do you punish them? <laughs> well, I didn't even know about it till the other night. But what but... do you do? What do you do with middle schoolers? Or what do well, you do? Well, she's not even middle she school. Every... She's like third grade. Brett, this is so funny because every time, like, I talk to you a at least seven times you have to say, Ellie, she's eight. <laughs> right. right. I wish I could time. say to you, you know, she's 14. Because I keep thinking she's at least 13. No, she is eight, eight years old. Like I'm taking her to see Liv and Maddie on Friday. She's eight years old. Like she's out of her mind. Do you know what she said to me? I took her to see, I, I got her to go to a rehearsal. Do you guys know who Zendaya is? Yeah. Okay. No. So I took her to Casey. Oh you will know all of these. I don't know anyone. Just, it's all Disney Channel. So I took her to a rehearsal of Casey Undercover because she's obsessed with Zendaya and it was the sweetest thing. <laughs> And she was out of her mind, and like she was like almost crying. And they got a picture together, and she walked out. And she was like, "That was so amazing, and thank you so much." And when can I be Bridget Mandler? And I was like, "That's a different show, sweetie. It's a different show." But she's obsessed with Bridget. Yeah, all of it, and it's just it's crazy. I mean, well, and this is what I'm fearful for with my daughter, who is not even in this world yet, is that we didn't have this mm. kind of thing growing up. We didn't have these Disney superstar role models where everything hey, is... Hey, dude. That was yeah, where everything is perfect and, and put into place. And, and they are older beyond their years. I mean, they are 
they are little girls that are acting like so much sex it's crazy yeah and the sexiness yeah and the tutorials on youtube like how to make yourself look different than who you are oh yeah like like the girl i'm just now trying to figure this out Right. I mean, You're, I am now trying to figure it out on YouTube. Like, how do I put on makeup? But I just never did. But don't you think also trying to do like, fake eyelashes, guys? It's rough. It's rough. It's rough. I did do I pin know. curls. What's you that? What? Pin curls. You know, pin curls. Oh yeah, oh, pin, pin curls. I did do pin curls for her for a show, and like I had no idea. So we're on YouTube, and I'm sitting there like twisting it. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's adorable. But but my, but our parents did the same thing, right? Our parents did the same things with us. They were like, we didn't have that. And now they're going to become little tyrants because they, I mean, every generation has their thing and they kind of figure it out. And, you know, I mean, I think like we're not completely going to hell in a handbasket, right? No, I don't think it's that. I just think it's the parent. I do believe it's the parent's responsibility to monitor all of it. And we're, you know, we, we are, you know, we're stricter than a lot of people where it's like now that school starts, our kids cannot, there's no tablets, no television during the week, Monday through Friday. Well, Friday they can because it's a weekend, but Sunday night through Thursday night, they cannot watch any television. So it's literally, they come home, they do their homework, get ready for bed. If there's time, they can play a board game or something, or, which doesn't happen a lot now, especially with him because he's very busy, but we had to do it. He's he, writing all those essays. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. He's talking about the light on the mountain. Oh yeah. Um, but, but it's, it's I mean, frankly, yeah. But yes, also his poetry. Yes. But it's because they were racing to get done to watch TV. And yeah. so we were like, we can't do this anymore. And I feel like, if you set the boundary, kids like, I think kids like to know their boundaries. They like to have a, a rule base. And that's a lot of, you know. Well, and now the great thing is with DVR, they can record the stuff they want to watch. Course. And they can watch it on the weekend. So it's not times. like they're, they're going to miss it. What about phones? You were, we were talking earlier a little bit about phones. Yeah, I know a lot of kids, especially in my son's grade, they have them now. Ours don't. Uh, again, my son is not kind of electronically inclined. My daughter is dying. For, like I've said to her, why do you need an iPad? Well, I just want to be able to text and to do FaceTime and to play <laughs> games. Okay, you're eight and two of those three things, for two of the three you don't need to be doing. Um, so yeah, but a lot of kids do have them. Do and you ever imagine just moving to Montana or yeah, something? Yeah, a lot. Does LA feel particularly challenging in raising preteens? A little bit, yeah. It does. It does a little bit. Again, not as much with him, but with her. And uh, it's hard sometimes. And it's kind of what we have been put in of our choosing. And by that, I mean, we are going to private school. So there are kids that have parents have a jet. And yeah, that happens. But you also can find there are many people and many of our friends, they're just folks. And yeah, you can. But I do think about it. Like we're away. We go away every year to Canada and being there and being like by an ocean and there's no kind of like everything goes away in terms of electronics and it's just a you know a deprogram and i think that's important we had a we had a um cabin growing up that's great in in about two and a half hours outside of seattle and it was very basic it was not luxurious my father refused to allow any upgrades i mean there was the bare minimum in there and there was no computer. There was no television. We were not allowed. I mean, it was a little different then because you didn't have iPads, but you, right. you know, or phones even for that matter. But not even a TV. You could play records. The big like woo moment was when he put a CD player up there for music. And uh, I think we spent weeks on end up there, you know, during the summers. And I, I really think that that saved us. And, you know, I mean, 
now I do feel like we have a little bit of that living in Venice. Our street is all just, you know, normal people Mm -hmm. going about their day, living their lives. And I, I hope, I think Mike and I talk a lot about wanting to have a place somewhere else. It's a little removed. We're so lucky with Michigan. I mean, and that's how Adam and I fell in love with each other is I think when I saw he was wearing a Detroit Tigers hat in a bar and I was like, oh, I've spent every summer of my life in Michigan at my family cottage that we've had for a hundred years. And he's like, well, my family has a cottage that we've had for a hundred years. And so every summer we go up to both of them. And it's, it's funny for me because my neuroses really comes out with like, you're like, oh, this mattress is the same mattress that's been here for 50 years. You know, it's like very sentimental and sweet. And then you're also like, oh, this carpet is like really old. Like, yes, my great-grandfather's DNA is still like, <laughs> that sounded dirty. I didn't mean it like that. I mean, not dirty in that way. Right. Anyway, but it is very, oh, it's so nice just to, it brings to you be back to away. Yeah. And then you don't have to to people are nice and things are less expensive and nobody cares like what are you doing right now with it, work it doesn't and I'm, the ego can people just look at you break. and say hello and next year it's funny because chip's family they have a camp a girls camp in their family that's in um, maine it's amazing and this will be its 100th year and it's owned by his his cousin runs it and it's been through generations and his chip's mom used to run it and so she went this year and poor thing, like she went with her cousins and she was all excited and she was just going for a week so we could kind of try it out. So I flew her to Nashville to my sister-in-law's and we drove the girls to, to Brevard, North Carolina. It's an unbelievable camp, which was also, I just have to say, like it was the most bizarre thing because I'm checking her in and you know, it was a lot of families and then moms with their girls because yeah. it's just girls. And I had to like go up to the nurse with her and I'm sitting on this bench and they have the girls all lined up and it's girls up through 18. They start them at eight and they go through 18. So it's like widespread and they, these girls come back every year. And so I'm sitting there on the side of the bench and my sister-in-law is across from me. And so I'm listening to the nurse and they're calling the girls up one at a time. And they're like, you know, um, let's take your temperature. Have you started your period? Or are you, when was your last period? And I was, and I was like, and I'm looking at these 16 year old girls who are fully developed. And I, I literally felt like such a pervert. I was like, I, like, I gotta move. I gotta move. But um, anyway, she's going back next. She got sick and she was sick for the whole week and it was the worst. And she wrote us this hilarious letter that was like, this is awful. I'm sick at camp. And do you know how terrible this is? And I I've been in infirmary all week and I this is the worst week of my life PS I love camp so like <laughs> next year I've already signed her up she's going for three weeks but it's this amazing mm-hmm. the girls are like you know they're from all over the country and a lot from Georgia a lot from the south but they get to hike and run and climb rock climb and be in canoes and go down um, inner tubes and ride horses and do gymnastics and it's like they can't have they don't have nothing there's no TV there's no um, they're allowed mm-hmm. to pick four songs that is put on this iPod that's stuck in the cabin that the counselor will pay at certain times and that's it but and it was her girls. world it's not and it's about just, makeup and what you wear it's not that. that's and what my college was like, and it was, it was amazing because there are all these girls a hoodie sweatshirt just, yeah and it's just like about girl empowerment and these girls having an amazing so I'm I'm so psyched she's got did, she, did anyone ask her about her two dads or anything like that no because we weren't ironically there was another gay couple there who it turned out was also from Los Angeles and uh, so they'd been there before but no and I saw some mixed race kids no and it's funny because they don't 
I think about that. They don't think about that. Like even, you know, I watch Ryan say all the time, if like somebody will come up and an adult doctor is like, well, th- yeah, this is my dad. I mean, my other dad can't be here. And I always have this moment of like, I'm waiting for like, you know, Kentucky woman to have a, you know, Kim, what's her face to have, you know, face flush. But they are so nonplussed by it. They don't think about it. Well, it's all they've ever known. Right. Maddie's asked sometimes and she'll say like, where, you know, I wish I had, she'll say, I wish I had a sister or I wish that's just cause she, her brother drives her crazy or she'll say, you know, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people wish a lot of us wish we had a sister. Right. She'll say that. And, uh, and then I just say, well, you know, if you had that, you wouldn't have us and suck it. No, I'm, I, yeah. I, I don't say that, but you should, she's maybe not the second part. Right. Could you imagine? I'm just trying to empower her. <laughs> um, so. But and that really doesn't even have anything to do with you guys being a couple. That's more. I mean, there I know lots of kids who wish those things. I mean, does she ever express anything about not having a mom? Does that ever? She hasn't really. Yeah. She hasn't really said much as of yet. But again, I I really think that when your experience is your experience, like plenty of kids are raised with single parents, right. and you know, I mean, it's not as heavy but like i mean mike and i were having a talk about grandparents like i didn't know my dad's parents all them. i knew my my his mother a little bit but his dad died before i ever you know met him and so it's you just don't know you just don't know any different it is what it is and and i don't know there's some beautiful beautiful simplicity in that i think just i also think as if you're smart at all as a parent and if you and there's no you know how do i say this there are so many different types of families, but you also seek out, I think, if you're sensitive enough to it, what, you know, what your kids would or could need. You know, we've always made sure we've had a, a female nanny. We've always made sure, you know, there are, there are so many women in our life that I know that are around my daughter to give her that even affirmation or talk to or just to hang out with her and her girlfriends because I'm aware of it. I'm, I am aware that she's not going through a normal thing of seeing her mom walk around with a bra on or, you know, any of those kind of things that would seem, or putting makeup on or, you know, her high heels are in the closet that my daughter would crawl into. So, and since I don't do drag, um, <laughs> that's probably not <laughs> going to happen. So, you know, but I think anybody does that. Uh, and you try to, hopefully, and we're lucky enough, that's one great thing about where we live is, there are so many types of families. There are so many different types of, but our kids, I feel like it's such a whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know? And also, it's how lucky are they that their parents have been together for over 20 years? I mean, how long have you guys been together? That's yeah, remarkable. That's like 60 for straight people. Yeah. <laughs> so. In LA, that's like. I know. Centuries. I mean, we have passed Jen and John now. <laughs> this is I mean, tragic. It was but for nice. them. <laughs> but my question today was, do you think Jen and Jen Garner and John Hamill end up together? Oh, that's a nice couple. And then he doesn't even have to think of a new name. And, <laughs> yeah. And also, he's a bad boy. So I feel like she would fall She'd into that trap that. again. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. But the school thing is, it's stressful and you'll, it's stressful. And I think it's mm-hmm. especially stressful the first time because like what you're going through. The preschool stuff. But this is what you have to remember. What about like the family photos? What you tell me your thing first. No, I just think this. I think like at the end of the day, your kid is going to be where they belong. And, and it feels so much like, oh my God, I'm going to put my kid in somewhere and it's going to be wrong and they're going to get fucked up and they won't. Like 
the the onus is more on us and we're the freaks because the kids are fine and at that age it's all about play and it's all about socialization and it's all about learning to like okay if you do that i'm gonna bite you and i can't bite you and let's share this toy and let's discuss it and you know that's i feel that's and i i had a conversation with my neighbor who's an actor and he they were going through the whole process and he was like he said to me after the fact he said we were so just overthinking it and and so many of these places are they have the same philosophies especially for preschools and you know they want the kids to be able to get along and learn how to socialize and so you'll be fine it feels like a lot when you're in it and it's overwhelming and i do the tours for our school and uh, as you know and uh i love to do it but i love to see because there's always so much expectation and new parents faces and like but it's also the terror of like i'm about to leave my child i'm about to like leave my child with strangers and they're going to be gone all day and but they will be fine and more importantly i think parents are going to be fine so and that's the hardest thing to kind of wrap your head around it's like okay i'm going to leave and they're going to be okay and they are going to get in fights and they are going to get my son was bit multiple times and you know stuff happens and you just deal with it and and as I always say, it's just life. It is. We're on a blue and green orb spinning in the middle of everything. <laughs> yeah. And we try and act like this all makes sense, right? It all makes sense. Everything, it's, it's perfectly making sense. Or I can control this. Or if, if the family photo, it, if we look nice enough in the family photo, <laughs> if we seem like sweet enough people in that family photo, <laughs> right, right. they'll yeah. accept us. I know. Trust me, I did do that with the secondary school, though, like for trying to find the yeah. family photo. What one, do you I do with like, the family photo? Yeah. What's, no, any- I had a picture that I could use, but uh, yeah, that's, you do. It's, you know, you think about all those things. And then like going in with these strangers and being like, hey, we're so great. Oh my God. <laughs> that's the most awkward part. It's more, that's more awkward than anything. And I've been on the other side of it now, but to just get there and then like sell yourself and sell your kid and be like, we're so incredible. Is that weird? Especially as a casting director? A little bit, but this is the interesting thing. Somebody said to me, like if I had another career to pick or if I did an alternate job or if we moved somewhere, I would want to be a admissions director is an interesting thing to me because it's, you know, you're creating, you're casting a group of families and like what works and piecing them together. I'll let you do that, but you also have to be a professional writer because (laughs) of your timepiece. It was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. Thank you so much. Thanks for, for having me, guys. Coming on and doing this, it was it was effortless conversation, which is oh. always a good thing. I um, appreciate it. And uh, and thanks for just being authentic and and you know loving your kids authentically. It's the best we can all do. And you know I think the more that we can get out of our own way and realize that everyone's just kind of trying to do it, then the better for I agree. the better for our kids. Mm-hmm. I agree. But I still might get a professional photographer for my family photo. <laughs> just kidding. Right. Just exactly. Kidding. Okay. But wait, Annie Leibovitz is at the door right now. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be right back. Brett just cracks me up. I lo- it's so funny to see somebody outside of work. your your normal workplace. I know. I he know. has seen me shake like a leaf. <laughs> <laughs> what a great guy and a great dad and um what a, a I, I love dad. that we could have that unique perspective on the show uh, i hope it was helpful to to our listeners um he rocks what do you got for okay, my mom's session. session i was just laughing my ass off on facebook the other day because i found this there's a page on facebook called mom news daily and so it's sort of like the onion where they have these hilarious uh headlines but it's for parents. And so 
one of them <laughs> said, toddler napped for two minutes in the car, hasn't napped since. And I was like, yeah, I feel ya. I don't know why. Maybe I was just so tired, but that made me laugh so hard. And then the other one was, <laughs> this one is so, I love it. Okay. Mom opts out of party bags. Guests take back gifts. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, it's like the worst fears of in Ellie's head realized. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the the two minute napping in the car thing is just oh, tragic. God. It's like the worst. I, I that's why I used to hate Mike like taking Magnolia anywhere in the morning because yeah. I was like, if she even falls asleep for one second, that's it. It's that's over. our nap. How do they know? I don't know. It drives me crazy. So, uh, you know, when um, we worked with uh, Jennifer Wahlberger for the sleep training, uh-huh. she told us that that's part of what happens when they don't have a schedule and they're not they're they're not putting themselves to sleep on their own is that there's some mechanism there that when they fall asleep like that 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 falling asleep mechanism That's once it. you lose it you lost it i know but i know sabrina had a schedule yeah and she does put herself yeah to sleep. so and it she still had that mechanism oh yeah. man it was brutal but anyway that i thought that was pretty funny uh mom bomb it's a very simple one children learn more from what you are than what you teach and I feel like lately I've been realizing that you know the way that I respond to Magnolia or the way that I speak to Magnolia is the way that she's going to learn to respond for herself and it just makes me very aware of I can tell her all the good positive things that I want to but if I'm not embodying those things then it really kind of means jack crap so (laughs) there you go (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a lot of pressure, by the way. It's like I know we have to fix ourselves. I know, and by fixing ourselves, I just mean my therapist is always like, you don't need to fix anything. Uh, and uh, by fix myself, I just mean accept myself. Yeah, yeah, and just you know, I always find that like when I get in those places where I I'm at a loss for what do I do or what do I say, I just try to be real. I just try to like connect with her. I just try to you know have some moment of of connection I love connection it. between the two of us cuz i you know sometimes it's like you're trying you're trying all the tricks in the book mm-hmm. and it's not working it's not working um, okay guys trust, trust in, in your goodness. goodness live out your greatness and rock on atomic, atomic moms if you like listening to comedy try watching it on the internet The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger. Schleichinger, I've been friends with her for 10 years. One of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to YouTube.com slash WaitForItComedy no need to wait for it anymore because it's here and it's funny and i love you a few days ago brooke tudine posted an inspirational quote on her wall that got 17 likes and three comments thumbs up brooke geico also wants to make a comment in just 15 minutes you could save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance by switching to geico and nothing says inspiration better than saving money well except for those posters that say things like teamwork excellence and make it happen hashtag keep climbing 
Hashtag savings. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.